So, did Donald Trump break America forever? It's an honest question after the news of the week. Also, Gwyneth Paltrow wants to normalize separate bedrooms. Is she out of her monkey mind? And Stream Queen, that's me, honey. We're going to talk movie. Uncensored, unfiltered, unhinged. It's the Corel Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. Happy Friday, Friday, Friday. Thank God it's Friday. It is the Corel Cast, and I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me. Thank you, patrons. I love you. I need you. Love and need and want you, baby. I love and need and want you, baby. I love and need and want you. I do. How many of you know that song? How many of you know the song I was just singing? Say that you'll understand you're my man. You can always count on my love. Forevermore, I love and need and want you, baby. Ha! Patty LaBelle from the I'm in Love Again album. All right. This last week, the news, oi, oi, vey, oi, uh, and the conversations I've had and the people I've seen and met, it, it makes me wonder. You know, I have grown up with incivility in America my whole life because I'm gay, openly, proudly, flamboyantly, over the top, in your face, as queer as can be gay. And I own it. I own that real estate, bitches. I, well, I can't say that what I was about to say. A, it's vulgar, and B, I haven't. We know it's a derogatory term. Block your ears if you're a kid, okay? It's a derogatory term. Cocksucker. They, that's, they, straight guys yell at that in movies. You cocksucker. And I never saw that as an insult because I thought, well, yes, and I, I do it really well, I've been told. Uh, I just haven't done it in like a year and a half or two years. So, <laughs> I, you know, But I am still gay, goddammit. Uh, and <laughs> maybe. <laughs> do you ever become ungay? Uh, no, I still like men. They just don't seem to like me much anymore at 61 years of age. Uh, at least not the ones I like. I don't want a guy my age already broken with a medicine cabinet filled with stuff. I need like a 40-year-old. Someone who can help me up the stairs, carry the, carry the bags. Uh, anyway, so I have seen the ugly face of America my whole life. My parents were handicapped. My mother was four foot nine. She walked with bowed legs. Grown people, adults, used to make fun of her. Call her a midget. Call her just horrible names. And she was just handicapped. You know, her legs. She, she had rickets and things when she was a kid. She had a, a spike that replaced a bone in her leg. When she was cremated, I asked them for the spike because she always used to talk about her spike. <laughs> can, I, can I have her spike? Um, and it wasn't, I mean, it, it was a metal rod in her leg to replace the bone. Um, but anyway, so I have seen how ugly Americans can be. Most of you were hidden from that. You're, most of you are white. Blacks, gays, Asians, minorities, 70s, 80s, and 90s before minorities were a thing. Just watch movies from that time. See how sexist they are, racist they are, how homophobic they are, even television. I mean, there, there are 2020 reports on homosexuals. Should they be living near you? Barbara Walters. You know, I mean, this is, I grew up knowing the ugly face of America, just like black people have, 
and others, any minority, women, many women have seen the ugly face of a male-dominated America. So when Trump started to rise to power and this MAGA started to get a voice through social media and regular media, I wasn't surprised at the vitriol. And having been to the South, I wasn't surprised at the numbers. Because I have maintained my entire life that the Civil War never ended. That Lincoln did not end the Civil War the way he needed to, by wiping out or incarcerating anyone that participated in it. You know, he forgave everybody, sent the soldiers back to their homes, let's all reconcile. They didn't. Just because they were defeated doesn't mean you changed their minds about why they were fighting. They thought slavery was a good idea. And they didn't want to be told what to do by the federal government. Those two things in the South still exist. They still think black people or gay people or whatever are less than. And they don't want the federal government telling them what to do, even though it supports them. So my eyes were open to how racist, bigoted, and hateful America is. Then Trump came along and he empowered that, that movement. He gave them a voice and then he gave them a president. And not only did he not change, he doubled down on it, making fun of handicapped people, sexism, misogyny, all of it, homophobia. He, you know, anti-Semitism in many ways. He doubled down on it. And about 70 million Americans out of 330, 70 million, which is a large amount, agree with him. But I want to ask you, did he break, and I'd love your comments down below, did he break America him and social media, I, I, he rose in the time of social media, and they, his rise to power will forever be linked to social media, okay, when they look back. So my question to you is, did he break America? Uh, yeah, it was already broken. It was cracked. America had many deep cracks in it, and Trump literally broke in those, through those cracks where he's, he broke off America. You're either these people or you're these people. There's no more being an American. There's a movie coming out called Civil War. I don't think it should be, by the way. Uh, and they ask, well, are you an American? Well, yeah, what kind of American are you? Are you one of them or one of the... Did he do that? Did social media do that? Or did he just give voice to it? See, a lot of people think Trump broke America forever that we'll never go back to a unified nation. We'll never have common goals again. We'll never be one, you know? And, and there's been many times in my lifetime where America seemed like it was one. And now it seems like that's just never going to happen again. And he did that. He did that break. But the question becomes, did he break it forever? He will die. In the next 20 years, Donald Trump will be dead. He will die. There'll be another Trump, but he'll die. And do you think that we'll move past 
the Trumpism era. Germany moved past the Nazis. Are we irrevocably broken or just broken for now? When the younger children become older adults, will the, will the cracks start to heal? Will the bigotry start to die? Do you think we're broken for good? I'd love to hear your comments on that. What do you think? Do you think that Trump completely shattered America, breaking the cracks that were already there, giving voice to people who were in the shadows, the bigots, the haters, the criminals, the, you know, the, the fraudsters and the liars and the cheats and the hucksters and all of that. Did he break it? Did the GOP break it? We are broken. Did the Civil War break it? Has the break been there since the 1800s? I'd like to hear, I believe that we were already broken, that we were never truly one nation. There were times we pulled together, but we have never been one. You know, in most other countries, Ireland is one Ireland on many topics. Ukraine, they are one nation. You know, they are all the, the sense of pride and patriotism and You know, most countries are that way. France, whatever. Yeah, they have disagreements in their ranks. But they're all French. Most Americans see themselves as two different types of Americans. Or three different types. Or five different types. Leave your comments below. Did Trump break it? Was it already broken? Did he just make it worse? I think he gave voice to the break. That's what I think. The break was there. And he... Got a hammer and a chisel and broke it off. Can it be fixed? It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. You know, what does it mean to be married? What does it mean to be together, Uh, to be a couple, to be boyfriend and boyfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend, or husband and wife, husband and husband, wife and wife? What does it, non-binary and non-binary, N and N, when two non-binaries get married, are they N and Ns? Uh, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I now pronounce you N and N. Uh, Anyway, I mean, it's possible they're both non-binary, NBNB, so I now pronounce you 2NBNB. <laughs> Sounds like a place you'd stay. Uh, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have a very rigid idea, too rigid. It put Andrew through hell. I wish he were alive today so, A, I could apologize, uh, and B, be better. I'd be a much better lover today than I was 30 years ago to Andrew uh, because I had this rigid, very sort of Catholic notion in my brain as to what it was to be married, okay? And for me, to be married meant you slept in the same fucking bed, okay? I don't care if you're sleeping over at a friend's house and all they got is the couch available, then both of you sleep on the couch because you don't go to bed without your partner, okay? They they come to bed with you. It's that. 
Wait, it is. Andrew had HIV AIDS. And there were times he would have to get up in the middle of the night because he had a night sweat. He was drenched. The bed was drenched. He couldn't get back in the bed. And he was soaking wet. So he'd get up and change. And he'd get down on the floor and sleep. I would get up and get down on the floor and sleep with him. Now, my bed wasn't wet. Or, you know, the part of my bed wasn't wet. But I would get out of my clean, dry, soft, fabulous bed and go down and sleep on the floor to be with him. He never asked me to. But to me, couples slept together. And I wanted to be there to hug him and, you know, and when he woke up to do more than hug him. And so, you know, Lucy and Ricky made television history. They did. It was, it was the cover of Time magazine. It was written about the next day. It was like everyone around the world talked about it. And I mean this. Do some of you know what they did? Quick. What was it that Lucy and Ricky did on national television that changed America forever and changed the world? They, this Truly. Lucille Ball changed the world in two ways. This way, and she saved Star Trek. And then she produced Star Trek. Desilu Productions produced Star Trek. She gave the world Star Trek. Uh, they pushed their twin beds together, Ricky and Lucy. They pushed them together and then slept right there side by side. For the first few seasons of their show, their bed was separated by a night table. But they pushed them together. Now, Gwyneth Paltrow is saying that Hollywood and society should start normalizing couples sleeping in different rooms. Not just different beds, different rooms. And I will say that Victorian houses are built this way. There is the Grandmaster suite and then another suite right off of it, connected to it, a junior suite. And the junior suite was for the wife or the husband, and the grand suite was for the wife or the husband. And also had a sitting area for them both to enjoy. So it was like a big, it was like an apartment, basically. And there was two rooms. And the, the, someone slept in one, someone slept in the other. And then there was a common sitting area. Sometimes there was a bar. That kind of stuff. So it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution, believe it or not, that we started sleeping in the same beds. And why was that? Houses got smaller and we started living in apartments. Apartments are a very new thing, the 1900s, basically. I mean, they had them in other countries, and they had them back in the 15 and 16, but they weren't the thing they are now, okay? Apartments were not apartments before. They were big houses, and then you had one kitchen, but you had maybe eight bedrooms or whatever. Uh, but now there's a, there are apartments. And so because space got smaller, there was only room for one bed. And so couples started, and this is in the 19, uh, 1930s, is when couples actually started sleeping together. Before that, it was not common for couples to sleep together. And in the 1800s, it was very common for them to have separate bedrooms. How do you feel about that? How do you feel? Because I will tell you, the research says you will get a better night's sleep if you have separate bedrooms. At least separate beds. But for the most part, separate bedrooms. People are noisy when they sleep. Some people snore. Some people have to wear a CPAP machine. Some, you know, there's all kinds of things. Some people have to get up to pee a bunch of times. There's a lot of reasons why sleeping on your own is better. 
They tell you not even to sleep with a dog. If I have a dog and I don't sleep with that dog, I ain't having a dog. And I felt the same about a husband. <laughs> now, I will tell you, in all honesty, I would not be upset if my husband or my boyfriend and I slept in separate beds or separate rooms. I would not. That doesn't mean you can't be there when they wake up in the morning. Crawl under the bed. And that doesn't mean that, you know, the nights you have sex that you don't fall asleep in each other's arms. You can then get up in the middle of the night and move to your bed or just stay there. You don't have sex every night. It doesn't mean you're not going to cuddle. You're not going to be there for each other. That's not what it means. It just means that when you get down to the act of sleeping, it's alone. How many relationships do you think would have lasted longer in today's world if they slept apart? Because a good night's sleep is everything. You don't realize that in your 20s and 30s. I realize it now, child. A good night's sleep is everything. So Gwyneth Paltrow is doing a media thing saying we should normalize husbands and wives sleeping, or husbands and husbands, or whatever, sleeping in separate bedrooms. Now, she's rich, first of all. You know, that she's rich. Once again, most of you you know, have to sleep in the same bed in the same room because you don't have enough rooms. So if we can't be Gwyneth Paltrow and sleep in separate bedrooms, what about separate beds? You know, you go to a hotel room and there's two double beds. When that would happen, me and Andrew, if they gave us two double beds because we were two guys and they were just thinking, you know, what I don't know, what they were, they were being homophobic. I just assumed we'd have one bed and I ordered one bed online and then we go to check in and they give us two beds because they see two guys. I would never. Sometimes he would say, I'm going to sleep in the other bed. And I'd be like, no, you ain't. And he goes, well, they're, they're queen size. You know, they're not big, huge king beds. Why don't you sleep over there? I'll sleep over here. I'll be right here. I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> That's a, I was like, no way, honey. We'll push these motherfuckers together. You are not sleeping way over there. Now, I'd be like, oh, that's fine. Go to bed. <laughs> Go sleep. That's fine. The dog stays with me. See, I would sleep where the dog sleeps. Wherever the dog sleeps, I sleep. If the dog sleeps with my partner, then I'm sleeping with my partner. Or we'll get two dogs or something. So what about y'all? Do you all think many of you have slept alone, slept with a partner, and slept with a partner alone, meaning had separate beds? What do you think you get your best night's sleep? And if you're in a relationship, would you be upset if your partner said, let's sleep in separate beds? Let's have separate rooms. I would not be upset now at 61. At 30, oh, we would have fought, honey. We'd have gone down. Oh, it would not have been pretty. What the hell you mean? You won't sleep in a separate room. You might as well sleep in a separate house, motherfucker. I am not having a boyfriend or a husband just sleep in a separate room. Uh Uh-uh, you need to go. Devin slept in separate rooms. When I, did I date Devin? I I don't even know what that seven years was. I really don't. It was dysfunctional. That's what it was. It was December, May romance. That's for sure what it was. But was it a relationship? I guess. I mean, I guess. But anyway, he slept in a different room and I was fine with that. We'd have sex and then he'd go his merry way. But I didn't love, love, love him because I knew there wasn't going to be like a marriage or anything. If I felt differently about him, I wonder if I'd have felt differently about the situation. I mean, truly, Andrew would go sleep on the couch sometimes again because of HIV AIDS and he just couldn't sleep because of the drugs. And I would go sit up on the couch and put his legs up on my lap and go to sleep. 
I think I did that more, though, to comfort him. Maybe he didn't want it, though. Maybe he wanted to be alone because he was not feeling well. I thought he needed comforting. (laughs) Go away. I don't need comforting. No, no, you need comforting. So what do you think? Separate rooms? Separate beds? Yes or no? Leave it in the comments down below. I'm fine with it nowadays. And we were fine with it up until the late 1800s and early 1900s. Why not go back to it? Truly. Why not? Stream Queen is next. Movies. Movies, movies. What should you see? What should you not? From a particularly gay point of view, that is. Mine. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L dot com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. Hello, I am the stream queen, honey. I'm going to tell you what to watch, what to take your ass to the movie theaters to see, what to wait at home to see, uh, and what you should be watching when it comes to movies from my particularly gay point of view, because I am the stream queen, girls. Uh, All right. So uh, so I've been seeing a bunch of movies. It's screener season, one of my favorite seasons of the year, screener season. Uh, the award shows are coming up. Got to vote. Oh, I got to vote on Grammy today. It's the last day to vote on Grammy. Got to vote on Grammy. Uh, but I want to tell you about some movies on this Friday that you might want to catch up on this weekend. Uh, most of these are streaming now. Uh, a couple of them are in the theater still, but most of them are streaming. You can find or you can rent uh, at Amazon or the iTunes store uh, for like five bucks, whatever it might be. Uh, so let's talk. The first uh, is with Jeffrey Wright, Tracy Ellis Ross. Uh, Issa Rae and Sterling K. Brown. Uh, Obama loved it. It's called American Fiction. Okay. And it's a black film. And I say that in irony because in the, this is about a writer. Uh, the writer is Jeffrey Wright. Okay. Uh, and he's a great writer and he teaches literature, but his books don't sell because uh, he writes from a very intellectual uh, and very ethereal sort of point of view. By the way, I might give some spoilers during these, but I hope not. But, you know, it's a review, so i got to talk about it. So he writes from a very, um, you know, uh, learned point of view. And in it, he hopes to give blacks, you know, a reputation as being able to be college professors and write learned books and all of that. Well, he finds out that what white people want to read from black people is not learned, well-thought-out books, but <laughs> ones like Weeds Live in the Ghetto, which is a book in the movie. <laughs> Weeds, or White Negroes, that's another book in the movie. Uh, Weeds live in the, Weez lives in the ghetto. In the ghetto. <laughs> and it's a bestseller, Weeds Live in the Ghetto. And he hates everything about TV and literature and all of that, 
that shows black people as pimps and rappers and single moms and drug addicts. and all. He's like, we are so much more than that. Now, I love the movie because my whole career, if I had pandered just to the gays and given the gays exactly like right now, if I did, dra- I've done drag. You know, I, I love Sylvester. I, you know, when I'm on stage, I love the, the sequins and makeup and all of that. That's not new to me. If I played that up right now and did, did the Boy George Sylvester sort of sequins and makeup every day and all of that, that's what they want. That's what straight people want of gays. I think the rise in drag is because drag is safe, is safe for straight people. There's still not gay men out of drag in literature there's a, there, there's a few fellow travelers not many there are many more movies about lesbians and drag queens than there are two gay men being in a positive relationship america and people still don't want that they don't want to see two gay men having their lives now if one's in drag okay you know if two lesbians okay so if i wanted to give and maybe be more successful for money, then maybe I should paint my face. Maybe I should do like Sam Smith and when I release a song, get in a corset. I just think gays are so much more than that. I think that's part of us, but I think we're so much more. Well, that's what the movie American Fiction examines. Can a black person change the perspective of African-American culture when the perspective is one that white people want. The consumers, the big, the big, and black people, because they want to hear their stories. It's funny, it's poignant, it's erotic, uh, ironic, not erotic. Leslie Uggams plays a part in it, uh, so that's wonderful. So, yes, see American fiction. It's good. You should see it. Past Lives. Uh, This is getting a lot of buzz, uh, and you may see it for Oscars. Um, It is not about reincarnation, really. It's about childhood sweethearts who felt that they were always going to be together and then don't end up together. And yet it seems like from a past life that they should be together. You know, you meet those people, and there's a word for it in the film. I think it's Inway, Inway. It's for when you meet... And there's all these little things that show that you knew each other before. And many of you, me and Andrew fell right in. The minute I met Andrew, it's like we, it's like we picked up our relationship in the middle. I mean, it's like we had done this before. And people said that about us. It's like, you guys, like you've done this before. So it's a really good movie, but it just moved a little too slowly for me. I was like, this is great. It's great writing. It's making me think. It's kind of heart-touching and heartwarming. But at the same time, let's pick things up here. Come on. Let's get going. <laughs> let's, you know, we know what's going to happen here. Let's just get to it. So would I see it? Yes. Wait for it to stream. Don't pay for it. And I hate to say that to the filmmakers because it's brilliant. And if you're over the age of, say, 60, then sure, pay for it at the theater or whatever. But if you're in your 30s or 40s or 50s, it probably moves a little slowly for you. So watch it on TV, uh, but you will enjoy it. It is a good movie. And it will make you wonder, are you meant to be, you know, with somebody? Or have you been with them before? And maybe if you can't be with them in this life, 
Might you be with them in the next? The next is from Neon in this wonderful book that Neon sent me. It's called Anatomy of a Fall. It, it stars Sandra Huller, Swan Arlad, and Milo Mercado Granier. It's a French film, uh, but most of it's in English. And it's a courtroom drama. Uh, and without giving anything away, her husband dies by falling from the third floor of their chateau. Did she push him? Or was it suicide? Or was it an accident? Did he just fall? So I'm not going to tell you. Uh, but it's a, it's a courtroom drama. Really good. It's on Obama's list. Uh, really good. I was riveted. Uh, I, I didn't know if they were going to trick us at the end. When once I thought I knew how it happened, I thought, are they going to trick us? What? Uh, really well acted. Did very well in France. Has won many awards. Palme d'Or at Cannes. Uh, Telluride Film Festival, Toronto International, New York Film Festival. It's doing very, very well. It's called Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, and I highly, highly recommend it if you love courtroom dramas. And you're going to get confused. All right. Happy Friday. Have a safe and sane weekend. I am Carell. You be who you want to be, so long as it doesn't hurt you, buddy. I got lots more movies to watch. The so Stream Queen will be back next week to tell you more. Uh, but so far, Anatomy of a Fall, of a fall yes. Past Lives, yeah. And American Fiction, yes, for sure. Uh, until Friday, don't forget, Patreon is where you support me, and I love hey, you for it. it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorell. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorell for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorell. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorell. My website is reallycorell.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorell. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.